You're listening to the Global Sport Matters podcast. From academia to media, Kenneth Shropshire and Bill Roden explore the edges of sport, unpacking race and culture beyond the game. Over the next series of episodes, Ken and Bill examine progress versus change, a central theme outlined in Ken's book, In Black and White, Race and Sport in America. Along their journey, they will reflect on the historical moments in the context of sports today, hoping to discover new pathways towards an equitable future. This is Ken Shropshire. Welcome to Old Heads, New Thoughts. I'm here with my good friend, colleague, extraordinary writer, erstwhile columnist. Not sure what erstwhile, erstwhile means. But, but. <laughs> I know that's, that's one of those. That's one of those words you stroke on your students and never use this again. <laughs> Erst, erstwhile. Erstwhile. <laughs> Bill, uh, welcome. Good good to see you again. Good seeing you too. Erstwhile, I'm erstwhile present. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a lot going on. We we don't have a whole lot of time, but as we convene today, and we're going to our our plan, depending on our timing, uh, Mr. Roden has an important train to catch. He still doesn't have a jet, so you've got to rely on (laughs) it. On that's that right. transportation. That's right. Talk about the, the breaking news on Jalen Hurts and kind of all the issues surrounding the, the money and other athletes with that. We're going to uh, join MLB and celebrating Jackie Robinson Day, uh, which occurred uh, on the, I guess every year on the, what is that, the 14th or 15th, Bill? You, you know. Uh, let's let's go with the fifteenth. <laughs> so it occurred this this past Saturday, and we want to talk about some issues related to that. And then we're going to try to talk about the uh, the WTA and and uh, boycotting events in in China and the like. But but Bill, let's let's get let's get right to the the big news of the day, which uh, uh, I I guess it, you know. One of these things that happens with us every now and then. You were the first one to tell me that Jalen Hurst Hurts as the Eagles quarterback, the uh, the master of the quarterback sneak. Assumed <laughs> <laughs> to be outlawed. The, the, the deadlifter of all times. That he signed a, a a new deal, the biggest deal in the National Football League in terms of, of money. So, Bill, tell, tell us about it and, and tell us your thoughts. Yeah, well, erstwhile, by the way, definition is former. <laughs> so let's scratch that. Wait, is that the first? Is that the first word that pops up? Yeah, first, first, that's it. Adjective former. His erstwhile rivals. So screw that, Ken. <laughs> We're all present tense here, brother. This so. is like uh, what was it in, in living color with a guy in prison is using all these big words. <laughs> Not sure what they mean. You <laughs> <laughs> say Stephen A. Smith. Oh, let's scratch that. Scratch that. Yeah. yeah uh, like example is erstwhile rivals or Mary Anderson's erstwhile the queen of American stage. So it's not you know. So anyway, just so you know, you know. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you, uh, you're, you're, what I said, you're my former colleague and friend. Or, yeah, that's what you, no, well, <laughs> erstwhile columnist or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> Screw that. Uh, in, in, anyway, uh, Jalen Hurts is not an erstwhile uh, millionaire. He's he's a uh, 
Yeah, in fact, it's so funny. I was I've been banging out a, another column about Lamar Jackson um, using you know Odell Beckham uh, last week signed a contract with the Ravens, and I was writing a column about that, but tying it into you know Lamar Jackson, and I was making this point about how you know uh, Jackson is not just doing a tug of war against uh, uh, Steve Biscotti's owner. But he's doing a tug of war against all the NFL owners who have basically been steadfast that we are not giving guaranteed contracts. And then here comes the news. But the Jalen Hurts, because I had a paragraph there that said, well, you know, will these next round of superstar quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, um, Trevor Lawrence, will they be the ones to do it? And lo and behold, uh, Jalen Hurts signs this huge contract, $255 million, five years, $255 million. Then I was waiting to hear 178 guaranteed. So it's not still not fully guaranteed. Uh, and of course, um, his agent, uh, the black woman agent, um, Nicole Lynn, Nicole Lynn, which kudos to her. I mean, that's, that's, that's great. But I guess I'm wondering you know, you've had all these quarterbacks who've got this leverage. And c- clearly, you know, Jalen Hurts could have said, I want a fully guaranteed contract. You know, and I guess I'm wondering, is the reluctance that, you know, you know, you know how it is, uh, Ken, whenever players make that kind of argument, the owners always talk about the game. Well, come on, it's a game. We have to give you more players. But when the shoe is reversed and the players uh, are on the wrong end of the stick, the owners always say, hey, listen, this is just business. This is just business, you know. So I'm happy for Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's, it's, it's great, and I'm sure it's going to set a very high bar. But I guess I wonder, this whole thing with guaranteed contracts is not going to move until the people who've got the leverage use it. So, But, but, but Bill, here's the thing I think about when, when that's brought up. So at some point in the negotiation, probably what Nicole Lynn heard was this. We will guarantee up to $179 million. And so she said, well, I need some more money. And they said, well, we can't guarantee anymore, but we'll give you another, what, $60 million on top of that. So, yeah. that's, so, she, so there could have been a fully guaranteed contract, one, one possibility except it may have been at a, at a lower number. So, so that's probably the, you know, it's almost a, uh, you know, keep referring to Kurt Flood, almost a Kurt Flood moment just to, to want to make that statement that, that, you know, that, that, that we're not, you know, other than the Cleveland Browns, um, others are, are doing it too. That, that it is a, a practice in the league to give fully guaranteed contracts. But now it seems like maybe it's, it's more practical league. Okay, here's our fully guaranteed number, and then here's what we're going to do on top of it. On top of it, and the fully guaranteed number has gotten bigger over the years than historically. Right. Well, well, largely I mean, for quarterbacks. Well, well, I mean, two hundred fifty-five million that the Browns gave to um, Sean Watson is two hundred fifty-five fully guaranteed. It's not two hundred fifty-five. 180 of which is guaranteed. Well, we'll put an asterisk, asterisk by that. 
That's, that's, right. that's, well, that's, it, that's it is what it is. That's, 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 what, that's, what, that's what the league has done. It's a, well, that, that was them. Yeah, you know, well, we're, well, no, we're that's a, that isn't that a legal precedent? That, that Once it's done, isn't that precedent? They have set a precedent. You may not like the president. You may you may do everything you can to not you know have that become precedent. But they do set a precedent. They they you know, Cleveland Brown set a precedent, and the owners are saying, "Well, you're right. You're, that ain't our precedent. That's your precedent." By by the way, I, I feel like I'm venturing in Uncle Tom territory. There's a Netflix uh, documentary on it's called something like the redemption of uncle tom or something like that mm-hmm. and it's a story about the real guy that here features stowe used as the basis for the story i haven't finished it yet but as we're beginning to pull together our uncle tom's cabin kind of kind of story there's a netflix piece and I, I felt a little bit guilty watching it before i finished reading the book but it really does set up the stage of, of this issue we've been talking about that um, what Uncle Tom was doing was really this idea of being able to maneuver within a system to make things work better for everybody concerned. And that it wasn't problematic. What he did was problematic was there were so many plays and, and write-ups and all that that happened after the book came out that made him into this weaker character. That, that that was part of of the movement at that time was to weaken the fact that there were these black men within this slavery system doing the work that Uncle Tom was doing. But I I, 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 I side sidebar yeah uh, as we continue our I tried to make that argument. Uh, remember a couple years ago, or two or three years ago, when uh, Antonio Brown called Ryan Clark and Uncle Tom. Maybe it was three or four years ago. Right. And and I tried to, you know, and jumping on uh and jumping on uh Antonio Brown, so he probably didn't know who the real character Uncle Tom was. And I explained it and I got this terse email or Twitter from uh Tanasi Coach. And he said, Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, nobody, nobody will let you make Uncle Uncle Tom be a powerful figure. No. But but, but my, my point back to the, the contract. Yes, you're right. That the, the Browns have set a precedent, and the idea of a 255 million fully guaranteed deal is the basis that we should be at. But you know, the the, the idea of sometimes we got to realize this this was this the best he could get. I mean, and he got a no trade no trade clause too. But when you is, say is it the best he get, and again, no, I, I I appreciate you speaking from a lawyer's perspective who's done negotiations. You know, and, and and in fact, I was ending my column saying, you know, you know, I was saying that uh, I was I was using the uh, Odell Beckham press conference, which was very deep. It was another subject for another day. He's very introspective and grateful and all that, you know. But um, it, it, you get in the NFL, you don't get what you're what you're worth. You get what you can negotiate, and so you know, and the, it, so. Is that the best he could have gotten? In other words, when they say, okay, the contract is five years, 255, we'll give you 178 of that guaranteed. And the question is, is that the best we can get? And what happens when Nicole says, you know, what you know, what we're after is that we want it all before the guarantee. 
what happens at that point? Does now Jalen Hurts become a bad guy? Does he is, do the owners, you know, using their emissaries in the media, paint him as greedy? And you know, we're doing him a favor. And if we give him all this, all the, all this money, look, the Washington Commanders get ready to sell for six billion dollars. You know, they're printing money. They're selling these. The, the NFL is making these these billion dollar contracts with um, YouTube and Prime. You know. And you, you're, you're saying, well, I want 255 guaranteed. And, you know, you're like, oh, you can't afford that. So when you say that, is that all the best he can get? You know, in other words, owners aren't going to give you anything. They didn't give you free agency. You know, you had to take it. So is this something that can be taken, Ken? That's, I guess that's what I'm asking. No, no, I, I, I got you. And at, at what point? Does someone in the position of, of Jalen, and we ask this so often about athletes, at what points does, does someone in the position of Jalen Hurts just sit in place until they get that number, which is, which is what Lamar is doing, in, until you can absolutely get the fully guaranteed number that you deserve to get. The, the, the fully guaranteed number at the market rate, not some reduced number, not, and we'll give you this piece, Guaranteed it, but this part won't be. I mean, and in some ways, you know, I, it's not my money, so it's easy for me to say. <laughs> what, what, I mean, what difference is that gap to the Eagles? I mean, if, if I'm, and if I'm in that stratosphere, if I'm a, if somehow I've got to pay out 178 million, well, what's the difference with that in 255? Right. I mean, in some ways, and we did it, and we got a guy who's completely happy. Who's, so, so we don't know what the conversations were, but, but, I, but I, I, I'm with you, Bill. It's something to keep an eye on. But you know what this sets up? This, this stuff set up that Joe, Joe Burrow gets it. Well, yeah, that, and I, I'm wondering, because you know they're looking at this, and guess who else is looking at it? Patrick Mahomes. Because the contract he signed back, I don't know, three Two years ago, three years ago, and I don't know the numbers. It's now it's it's, it's basically looks like a poor man's contract, yeah. <laughs> you know. And he's won what three? Was what he's won? Is it two Super Bowls now? He's been to three, one, two, you know, been the MVP of both. And he's like, wait a minute, I beat this guy. I just beat this guy three months ago. I just beat him in the Super Bowl, <laughs> and he gets to be the highest player. What's wrong with that math? And, and but but you know who's not concerned about it and still dancing with Jay is Russell Wilson. It's like thank you, thank you for giving me my money because because I'm not having the success I was having oh. that you anticipated I would have with the payment right. you make. That's true. He's not gonna, he's not gonna, Russell got anything to say? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good over here. But let me ask you a question, kid. So I'm thinking I get I'm, I'm writing this up. Does this basically undercut Lamar Jackson? You know, because, again, he's up there trying to hold out. And, and I think maybe to your point, maybe I want fully guaranteed contract. Maybe that number comes down. They say, do you want the same guaranteed contract that Deshaun Watson got, 255, or will you take, can we agree on a number, another number that where we can both I, go to the beach? I think it absolutely undercuts Lamar Jackson that you've got a real market moment you got a geographical market, very similar. And then here's a guy who's had greater success team-wise, for sure, on the field of play, um, that has had fewer injuries, 
So all everything points to speaking of who's doing the jig <laughs> to Baltimore saying, yeah. okay, Lamar, now now what do you want? What why? why and, should and, we the only, and the only argument he has is on the which is which is how sports contracts are largely paid, uh, especially for rookies, and he's not a rookie anymore, on prospective future performance. Yeah. Yeah. I know this is what I'm going to do and you should pay me for what I'm going to do. And Baltimore would argue like crazy. Like we put it side by side on what's been done. Right. And you got to put the team factor in there uh, most severely. And, and it's, it's tough. Yeah. So, so to your question, yeah. Jalen Hurts did not do Lamar Jackson a solid in terms of the guaranteed part. Of it. Right. And then, and then I'm looking at even the owners, how, you know, how, you know, I've been listening to this um, biography. I should, I should say, I shouldn't admit I'm listening to it. I, I've been reading <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, David uh, uh, Marinus's biography of Vince Lombardi. And after Lombardi led um, Green Bay, you know, Green Bay had been terrible for years. And he waltzes in there and leads them to the championship game, which, by the way, they lost in 1960 to Philadelphia. But after that game, all of a sudden, Everybody want, you know, the Giants want Lombardi to come back. They want him to be their head coach. But the powers that be in the NFL, the George Hallis uh, and uh, the uh, who's, uh, uh, Paul Brown, they say, well, no, man, we need you, we as the NFL need you to stay in Green Bay because you rescued that franchise. That was a weak link. And right. we need you to stay there. So, and again, this is this whole thing of, of what you're up against is this ownership. So I'm thinking that even here, Philadelphia jumps out there, and you're right, they do Biscotti, Biscotti a favor. They say, okay, we're going to jump out there and give this young black quarterback this mega contract, but guess what? Even him we're not going to guarantee at all, you know? So so it, you're right, so it weakens Lamar's position, uh, you know, which was not a strong position to begin with, but it strengthens potentially Joe Burrow. You know, and for, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and, and that the, the great book, when, when, when Pride Still Mattered, is that the name of the book? Yeah, yeah, When Pride yeah. Still Mattered. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it is a great book to, you know, th there's that book and there's another book called uh, The League by David David Harris. Oh, yeah. It yeah. really gives you the structure of, if, if you don't think these owners, you know, the, the formal collusion word is one thing, <laughs> but the idea, Pete Roselle had this this phrase and it comes across in that David Harris book, especially league, league think, league think mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. everything we have to do has to be for the league. Right. Um, which, which is what he was trying to promote downward. And the idea of not giving a fully guaranteed contract. I mean, that from the Eagles is league think as opposed right. to what Cleveland did was not, was not league thing. I mean, that was, no, they broke ranks. That was he, not. Yeah. Roselle right. rolled over to the grave thing. No, no, no. <laughs> We we said that's, we were we weren't gonna do that. <laughs> people said that's me think. That's me think. Said we need a franchise quarterback and we're gonna do it. You know. Um, so and, and I guess I, I was even naively thinking that you know the owners say that the reason you got these salary caps is to protect owners from themselves. Right. You know. And I was thinking you got a guy out there like Lamar. You know. And who could really. Uh, well, it's a coast. Uh, who could, uh, what owner has a discipline not to jump out there and say, I take him? And the frustrating thing, 
And, but it's real that, you know, Lamar was hurt twice at the end of the year. I mean, Joe Burrow was hurt too. He missed damn the whole season. But he came back and led into a Super Bowl. So I, I guess I'm saying that I, I don't think that even if Jackson was not hurt, I don't think that they were going to still give him a guaranteed contract unless he would have taken Baltimore to the Super Bowl. And then maybe then, who knows? You know, but we'll never, you can't argue that. You can't argue if I would have, should have, could have. Um, but I, I think you're right. This is a, a gloomy day in the Jackson household. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, but we'll see. This, of course, you've heard uh, this, our analysis, our, our not quite X's notes analysis of, of this transaction and the impact on Lamar Jackson. What, what just turned out to be wrong he gets his guaranteed contract. I know, like uh, tomorrow. Yeah, like 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 tomorrow, and he, and he signs up, and then then Jalen is mad, you know. So we'll we'll see. He's unhappy. All right, now he's a he's the happiest guy in in the National Football League, right, so, as he should be. He earned it. He deserved it. So let's let's start in the remaining time. I mean, the one thing that that we we have to talk about, you know, Jackie Robinson Day comes and goes, mm-hmm. and it is officially the lowest number of blacks percentage-wise, maybe in raw numbers, in, in Major League Baseball since 1955. Wow. That's the year I was born. Mm. Old, old head. That's, don't, that's what don't boast. Don't brag about it. <laughs> it's showing off now. You know, you know 1955, that, that is, so Brown versus Board of Education was, was then, 54-55. Emmett Till was then, 54-55. Mm. Hmm. You know, we're, we're Jackie Robinson integrated Major League Baseball in 1947. So we're, we're ramping up. So you would think that as the rest of society, you know, and it's all, you know, let, let's step back for a moment too. Can, can we stop using baseball as this, can we stop allowing baseball to get any glory for this magic Jackie Robinson yeah, moment. No. Let's stop. I mean, I love, I love and I work with the Jackie Robinson Foundation, Jackie Robinson Museum. I mean, that's one, that's one thing to celebrate the man and, and all that right, he did. Right. But the idea for the league, everybody wear number 42 and draft. I look at all the wonderful things we're doing. And small comment. Yeah, with the numbers low, but we have programs we're working on. It. Right, right. Officially today, let, let, let's be clear. You you may be working out and it has not worked. And you you failed. And you're like, we we got you. And, and and the response will be, well, but in the last draft, um, this number right. of African Americans were in right. the draft. And you know, and remember the baseball process, it's a long, it's a long process. And that's in the draft there were, I think it was like th- the top three or four guys or something like yeah. that. that. That's yeah. not gonna change. That's not gonna change the percentages dramatically in terms of, of who's playing. You know, we talk about 40-man. Is it 40-man roster? I mean, I mean, the idea of adding, you can't spread but four or five guys around to put so many places to right. impact on drop. And there's five teams right now in this, this very moment, unless somebody's been called up, that do not have a single African-American on, on their roster. Mm. Mm. Wow. So, so uh, we're, 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 
what do we do in baseball now? And, 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 you know, and it's, I will say too, I always tell people go visit the, the websites of the respective leagues and go see who's at the very top of these leagues. When I started saying this, you could go there and you see all white men at MLB. Then they, they moved, they gave Tony Reagan's a, a, a fancier title. They made him chief, chief player officer or something like that. So he'd be right. in the C-suite. So you can now call him chief. But the C-suite, right? And, right. Uh, and and I think they were able to move a, a woman up in there too. And then there, you have the woman of color down in, uh, was it uh, in, in Tampa Bay? Is it... Uh, so you know the so little little things that they, they point to, but baseball is doing horribly. Baseball and it continues to be horrible and continues not to do make any efforts of any significance to, to change this. Yeah, well, I think I guess I've long since I mean I guess we saw the high. Remember uh, the high numbers and like like 70, 71, 72, you know, that Dave Parker era. Yeah, the, pit, the, pit, the Pirates team, when, when, when the Pirates like Georgetown, that was, that was yeah, Black yeah. America's team. Yeah, that, yeah, we love, we love, we love Pittsburgh. We are family. We are family, right? Yeah, we love, Pop, we love Pop Pittsburgh. Stargell. <laughs> yeah, that was a great team, you know. But um, I guess something, I just think that baseball has become like the white man's sport. Like people argue, this is a white man. That's the one sport where the white American male can dominate, you know, mm. uh, as opposed to stink from hockey, where I still think is largely, I, I think I've got to do numbers, largely Canadian or Russian or other. I, I still don't think all those quote unquote white, I don't think hockey is dominated by white American athletes. But baseball is the sport of the white American male. That's the sport that they can be untroubled by, by competition. And then you, you, you know, people are, well, look at the 33%, you know, uh, Latin presence. But it's a very quiet 33%. I mean, real quiet. You know, it's not like they're arguing. And, and I know I'd probably get in trouble for this. Not like that 33%. You say, how come we don't have 33%? Um, reflection in manager, man, in, 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 the, in, in the dugout, or 33% in the C-suite. You know, it's kind of like, you know, cool, you know, we'll, we'll take the money and run. So basically conceding control to the white players. So that's my cynical thing about baseball is that it's just become this oasis for the white athlete. And people want it that way. You know, just like in soccer, um, I, I think for a long time, people did not, in this country, they wanted soccer to still be a sport of middle and upper middle class white folk. They did not want soccer to look like the NFL or like the N NBA, you know. So um, so when you say what can be done, I, you know, I, I think they're, they're doing it. It's almost like benign neglect. You know, they're doing it. And we'll take, okay, we'll take uh, a few here, like you said, last year when you had um, uh, one or two being at the top. It, it, but it, you, as you said, what, that's a drop. That's less than a drop in the bucket. It, it changes nothing. Uh, and I guess the best day for baseball, when Dusty Baker <laughs> wins the World Series, we'll see, you know, 
uh, you know, it'd be great if Dusty Baker could play, if Dusty, if, if, the, if, if the Houston and L.A. could play every year. You know, because see, you know, we got a black manager, we got two black managers. What do you want? You know, so. Yeah, no, it's. That's it's, my unscientific response. No, it's, 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 it's dismal and it is. I, I just more than anything else want us to be aware that same time next year, there's a, a, a professor, uh, Lou Johnson, who wrote a great piece in, in Global Sport Matters, I think in 2021, again, that's two years ago, on this issue. And he looks to the first time this issue was kind of raised of the decline in the number of black athletes. I think the decline started, I, I could be wrong on this, in 1977 was when we first started going down. I mean, interestingly, for those thinking about this issue seriously, there was a point, and, and I think it was during the, the the Pirates era that you're talking about, that we thought, and there was a there were a lot of publications that said the league was 30% black. And what was not being done then, this is kind of how uh, we've begun to other and be more specific about these things, that 30%, I think it's 28%, 29% included everybody with black skin. Exactly. exactly. And, and then somebody, the, the saber people, the people who do the real analytics, somebody did a full analysis. So, oh, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the real number of African-Americans um, and, and, you know, in the sociology material, they're starting to call this um, ADOS, ADOS, African-American descendants of slavery. Mm. I mean, this, this, is, this is kind of the parsing that, mm. that some folks are beginning to do. And there's also some of the parsing being done, a whole another show, for who should get reparations. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Americans descendants of slavery. They, so they concluded the number was actually 19% mm. was the highest percentage ever. And now we're down to, you know, I, I think it's six or 7% African, African American ADOS uh, <laughs> in Major League Baseball. And, and so this, this, is, this is the issue that we're, we're talking about, but, but that was first raised and, and, you know, RBI, reviving baseball in the inner cities. That's when that started, was way back then. And, you know, it's like so many of these other things, you know, after a, a, a you know, 30, 40 year run, I'm, I'm, when it was 70s, that's, that's 50 years ago. 50, I know, brother. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we got 50 years on RBI, we got uh, 20 years on the Rooney Rule, let, let us face the music. Right. These, some things just don't work. Right. And when, but and but it's, it's the illusion of it. You know, you know, in the United States, we love the illusion. You know, the illusion of fairness. So the illusion of the ruling rule, the well, illusion and, of the RBI. And, and it, it gets us to, to, to the whole, you know, King, uh, Brown versus Board kind of, uh, kind of language about gradualism and all things in time and all, all that sort of stuff. Well, you know, you know what's, what's the church call and response? How long? Yeah. <laughs> How long? Too long. Yeah. Yay! But yeah. <laughs> oh. well, let, we'll, we'll keep an eye on baseball. We'll see if the, but it, but the numbers it increase. Uh, but but let's let's just say baseball. We we are declaring that we we see we see what's going on here, and you cannot make this declaration about the great programs you have again next year. Mm -hmm. The the but, end. But it's speeding up. 
But we, we're speeding up the game. We may not be speeding up progress, but we're speeding up the game. It's, it's over now in two minutes, two hours and 35 seconds. The, the, the game is faster. So, so the, the, the last, last topic before you, we let you catch your train, Bill, is the, the WTA, uh, World Tennis Association, Women's Tennis Association, Women's yeah. Tennis Association, announced that uh, after uh, their bold step of pulling out of there against out of China, uh, that they are going back back in in China, and, and it's it's kind of this illustration when one of their their players uh, was, I guess, the best phrasing. They couldn't they couldn't find her, and they said until we have communication and kind of laid out some things, uh, we're not going to have our events in, in your country. And it looked like one of those situations where the WTA anticipated that other sports entities would join in, but, but nobody did. Um, what, what, what do we make of this bill? I just remember my first thought was just disappointment um, that they just backed down, particularly at a time when, you know, we're talking about what we will do as a country if China invades Taiwan. I mean, China, China is, has kind of become on our no-fly list in terms of government policy. But it's clearly on the fly list when it comes to the NBA and its relationship and WTA, you know. Um, and I, I just wonder, Ken, if this is part of a larger, remember just, what, was a few years ago, 2016, 17, was, we'll look back on it as the height of player activism. You know, what we thought that, here we go, this is going to, you know, here we go, this is really going to be it. Remember like we felt when University of Missouri Players, yeah, we're going to boycott. We're like, here we go, you know, and that lasted exactly one season, and it was confined to them. And and now I think that uh, this moves away a little way from the WTA, but even among with this whole rise of name, image, likeness, all this compensation, I think that has really diluted any type of activism at all, you know, uh, because is it why are we going to? You know why are we going to protest when we're kind of living deliciously now? Well, this is this is the heart of it, right? The idea of this is the 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 Jordan Tiger Nicholas Palmer effect of the best way to get paid is to be apolitical, right? Is to 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 not support Harvey Gantt, is to not engage in any of this stuff. You know, we 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 knew Palmer and we presume Palmer and Nicholas were good Republicans, but they weren't. You know promoting stuff in a way that would offend anybody that potentially, you know, to paraphrase uh, Jordan, potentially would buy golf clubs or sneakers or whatever else. Right, right. So, so the idea that, that you don't want to mess up your NIL. And yeah, it is, it is interesting, to, you know, why you know, China is this huge market. And, you know, what they, what they say, Chinese buy sneakers. They, they, buy, they buy sneakers and rackets too. Yeah. So, and, and if you're a tennis player and you're on the tour, and if they're going to make it lucrative, you know, uh, are you going to stand on principle when nobody else is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was the uh, you know it, it, what they call the 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 Animal House Blutarski, you know, John Belushi moment where he says, "Okay, everybody, come on," and and he runs out and nobody follows him. <laughs> so it was like it was like it was, it, it was one of those moments, which which is. Which is unfortunate, and and when you saw the bold stance that the WTA took, 
you did think for a moment, okay, there's going to be uh, an onslaught of activity, especially in this environment where more of that was happening. And, and you know, what you got was, was a, a deafening silence, which ends with the WTA saying, okay, we're, we're back. Yeah, and I guess I'd like to find out, uh, and I should maybe the next time we go on, find out what is the NBA's activity now in China? What, 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 how are they involved in China? Are they still, they still have merchandise deals? I, I don't know, you know, what players are still involved in China? That I don't know. Yeah, know? yeah, and, and now that the, the, the Daryl Morey thing has faded away and they're back on Chinese TV, are, are, are we all in good stead again? Uh, and is, is all that, to, to end the show as we, as we started, is all that now erstwhile? Yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not Earth, good use of either. Earth, Earthwild resistance. Earthwild Earth, militancy. <laughs> like, my 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 father's thing was to he made he he made us learn. He would give us a list of words that he would pull out of the newspaper every, every day, uh, and and most of the time he would give us these words. That, you know, like in high school, everybody he had to come to our house because he'd make everybody. What do these words mean? He'd write it out, and and, and I'm trying to help. We're trying to shoot pool and do something. He's he's like, what are these words? Words <laughs> me. So first, first while was clearly not one of those words that he he delivered us. So so we gonna I'm, I'm slowly becoming my father, but, but at least he knew what the words meant before he right. used them. Yeah, it was, a te- it was a teaching moment, you know, <laughs> a fleeting a fleeting teaching moment. All right, Bill. Well, I think we we've uh, at least raised some important issues on. In terms of guaranteed contracts and and where we are with Jalen Hurts, we uh, we beat up Major League Baseball as as they should be uh, about this Jackie Robinson moment, one of the greatest men of uh, of all time in, in so many aspects, and and just just unsettling for for this day to be celebrated uh, in in the way that the league has allowed itself to position it, and and then finally this this WTA moment. Uh, just one, before we leave, I mean. Yeah. Just about Jackie Robinson, yeah. But you know, you, you got to credit Rachel Robinson. I mean, they just opened a beautiful museum uh, in Lower Manhattan. So, and, and I think you already said this: that the man is great, the family is great, the legacy is great. Uh, but it, it's the institution that has got the problem. You know, the the institution of Major League Baseball that's the problem. Jackie Robinson and the legacy is not the problem. It's the legacy not being fulfilled. It's the problem. Yeah, no, that, that's right. That's right. And it's, it's, it's that moment in time, which, which we must cherish, the 1947 moment. And in some ways, that is a stake in the ground about the beginning of so many of these activities. And we have to look back and say, how far have we come from there? And, and baseball cannot be proud of where it is, uh, even though they chose to have a party this past weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Bill. We'll, we'll pick up. Uh, we got the NFL draft going. We a lot of good stuff going up to talk about. Uh, fresh, fresh meat. <laughs> All right. Take All care. All right. Take care. Global Sport Matters podcast is a production of the Global Sport Institute at Arizona State University. Our senior coordinator of digital content is Brendan Clean. Our manager of strategic initiatives is me, Kendall Jones. And our marketing and event assistants are Luke Padway and Aiden Corrales. Find and follow us on Twitter 
We're at globalsportmtrs.com.